But anyway, today I have the opportunity to start a brand new series. And the whole idea is simply this. I think we go into every new year stating the same thing over and over and over again. And it's usually something like this. Something's got to change. How many of you guys ever say that to yourself? Like this year, something has got to be different. So maybe you're looking at 2016 and you're saying, listen, I cannot relive 2016. There's pieces about 2016 that I definitely do not want to relive. And I want 2017 to be new. I want it to be fresh. I want it to be a fresh start. And so we say this saying all over, all the time, something has got to change. And so what we're going to do over this, uh, this series, we're going to take four weeks and we're going to look at different ways of how people actually change. Because I think the truth is we all desire change. We all want something in us to change. Um, we realize and we recognize that there are things in us that are broken and we don't have the ability on our own to change them. So we want change. We want to discover it. We want to experience it. But if we're brutally honest with ourselves at times, we just don't know how to get there. How many of you guys would say, I want to change, but I don't know how to do it? Anybody? Any show of hands? I want to change, but I just don't know how to do it. And so I thought it would be appropriate um, to kick it off this week talking about something that I really don't think that we talk a lot about in church. Um, I think a lot of times just kinda, we just kind of bypass it. We don't really even consider it to be a problem. But I think today it's probably the primary reason that people are not changing. And it's simply this. The reason that we have a difficult time changing, the reason that we have a difficult time letting go of old habits and becoming the, the people that God wants us to be is because we have become a culture that does not know how to rest. We do not know how to rest. We don't know how to shut down. We don't know how to take a break. And I'm not just talking about sleep. I'm talking about true, genuine soul rest. Like you wake up that next day and you feel refreshed. You feel renewed. You feel like I'm ready to just change. I'm ready to take on the world. I think a lot of us, if we're to be honest with ourselves, we don't know how to rest. So um, I think one of the primary reasons that we don't know how to rest is simply because of technology, right? It's just constant. I mean, now we literally have the world in our pockets, right? We have smartphones. Um, I just went, my family and I went to Gatlinburg for a week. And listen, I, I don't know how I would have gotten anywhere without my phone, right? I mean, remember the days of like MapQuest? <laughs> and you're like printing out the directions and then you get halfway down the road and you're like, these are the wrong directions. What are we going to do? And you don't have a printer, you know, in the car with you. Um, today, I mean, the iPhone, what does it do? I mean, you drive down the road and I would get these text notifications that says, would you want to shave 20 minutes off of your trip? Absolutely. Okay, reroute here and you go a different route. Or, or today, if you want to be connected with people, you don't have to meet up with people anymore. You can Skype, you can FaceTime, you can do all these different things. And technology is so awesome in, in many, many ways. It really has benefited our lives in so many ways. But at the same time, it's made us extremely restless. Because here's the truth. Um, for, for many of us now, you don't have to go to the office um, to get work done, right? As long as you have connection to the internet, a laptop, or a phone, you can literally roll out of bed. And the first thing that we do is what? We check our text messages. We check our Facebook notifications. We check our emails. And we get lost into this sea of technology. And it's beginning to become programmed in us. 
the second you roll out of bed, you grab your phone. Some of you even sleep with your phone like a teddy bear. You know, you're like, I just love you, phone. I love the fact that technology has advanced our lives in so many ways. But if I'm being honest with you, I hate the fact that it has the ability to own me. It has the ability to own me. It has the ability to control me. And I'm not just talking to you guys. I'm talking even to myself. Technology, if we're not careful, will make us more and more and more restless. And if you were with us last week, I talked about this space in between. And it's simply this, the, the place where you are right now and the place where you want to be in the future. There is this restlessness that happens in the middle of all of that. And if we're not careful and if we, if we don't learn how to rest in Christ and find true rest for our souls, we'll never change. We'll never experience the change that we're all looking for in 2017. We're all looking for it, right? We're all making these resolutions. We're all making these declarations. You know, um, gym memberships have just skyrocketed in January, right? Everybody is saying, I'm going to be new. It's a new year. Everything's going to change. But the truth is, if we don't learn how to rest, we're just going to be as exhausted as we were in 2016. And we're going to go down the same patterns and we're going to do the same things. We're going to fall back into the same habits over and over and over. Kerry Newhoff, a pastor in Canada, says it this way. He says, like money, social media is a great servant, but a horrible master. It's a great servant, but it's a horrible master. If you have a Bible, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it's going to be on the screen, but before I read it, I want to give you a little bit of context here. Now, in... in, um, the Corinthian church, Paul is speaking to them, and there's all kinds of different like perversions going on within the church. There's these people just gratifying themselves sexually. There's people doing, um, they're, they're buying all kinds of things. It's become a very materialistic kind of culture. And basically what people are doing, they say, we realize something is broken in us. We realize there's something inside of us that's, that's not going well. And so what they're doing is they're trying to explore everything that the world has to offer them. And what they have become is they've become extremely restless. And they even have some Christians that say, well, I'm free in Christ to do whatever I may. And so I can do these things. I can have this freedom. I can do this. I can can do that. And we find them where Paul's coming in and when he's about to talk to them, he's saying, hey, listen, guys, the reason that you're having the problems that you're having is just, it's simply because you're restless. You're just completely and utterly restless. You haven't found that true soul rest. In 1 Corinthians, starting in chapter 6, verse 12, it says this. It says, I have the right to do some things, but I love this, but I will not be mastered by anything. So we have the freedom to do certain things. We have the freedom to enjoy technology. We have the freedom to enjoy Facebook and and for all the good that it can advance in our lives. But the truth is, and we have to ask ourselves this question today, is it mastering us? Is it controlling and taking over our lives? Because the power of Christ in us should always be bigger than anything else in our life. So whether that's technology, whether that's food, whether that's relationships, the power of Christ in us should always be bigger than any of that. But technology, quite honestly, many times um, we're mastered by it. 
We're completely mastered by it. So here's what I want to do. It'll be kind of funny in a, in a few ways, but I want to help you to try to diagnose whether you think, because maybe I know some of you are sitting in here going, well, I'm not addicted to technology. I'm not addicted to my phone. Let, let's, let's run through this diagnosis, and then I'll let you come to some conclusions after we read through this, okay? Number one, your cat has its own Instagram page. If your cat has its own Instagram, you are addicted to technology, and you're probably a little weird. Um, you change your profile picture more than 12-year-old girls. <laughs> Anybody know? You're like, ouch, that one hurt. But some of us, we know those people. Every picture you post is of yourself making duck lips. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those people, please stop, okay? Um, some of you, you know, I thought this one was funny. You look forward to going to the bathroom so you can get to level seven. <laughs> Finally, some time by myself. Um, if you find your legs falling asleep every time you go to the bathroom because you're sitting there a little too long staring at your phone, you might be addicted to technology. The second thing is, is you sleep with your phone. Um, the last thing is, you can't enjoy life without filming or posting every aspect of your life to social media. Uh, we were in, um, we were in uh, Pigeon Forge a few days ago, and we were riding this mountain coaster, and uh, I, I kind of observed a couple in front of me, and I'm, uh, me and Peter are standing in line waiting, and this guy has his phone the entire time, and I don't know if he's like on live Facebook or if he's Skyping somebody or, or whatever it is, but the entire time he is filming the whole like experience of, of them going through this coaster and his girlfriend is just kind of like sitting there. And he's like, isn't this great? Isn't this great? And there's no like communication, no talking, no nothing. Even when they got on the, the roller coaster, he's sitting in the back and she's in the front and he's still like got his phone in front of him filming the whole thing. And he's missing out on all the beautiful scenery, all the mountains, everything, because he's so like addicted to his phone. So here's a few ways that will help you determine if you're addicted to social media. Because maybe some of you are like, well, I'm not just addicted to my phone, but maybe some of us are addicted to social media. You find yourself looking at your phone rather than talking to people right in front of you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How, like that can just drive us absolutely crazy. You're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they're constantly staring at their phone. Or you and your wife go out to eat and instead of talking, you're both looking at your phone. Isn't this what the world has come to? I just saw a time lapse of New York City um, from, it was in 1985 to now, which was, it was 2016 at the time. And they showed all these people in, in 1985, they're walking along and they're looking straight forward. And you see this time lapse in New York City of 2016 and every single person, like thousands of people walking by and all of them have their heads down. I mean, culture is radically shifting and we're more glued to our devices than we have ever been. Chances are many of us in here probably have nomophobia. And some of you are like, what is that? even mean. But chances are many of us have nomophobia, and psychologists have even given it a term now, and it simply means this, the fear of not being connected through a mobile device. No, nomophobia. Like, if you lose your phone, you're like, oh my god, I'm naked. You know, that's like, that's what many of us feel like. 
But studies show that 66% of people have extreme anxiety if their battery fails or they lose their phone. Like when you see your phone at 2%, you're like, oh my God, I need a charger. I need a charger now, right? 58% of people don't go longer than an hour without checking their phone. 59% of you check email as soon as it comes in. I fall into that crowd. I just, anybody hate those red dots on your iPhone? My wife has like, 11,000 of them on every... I'm like, check the email! 89% of teenagers sleep with their phone. 80%, and some of you are going like, I've been trying to tell my son for years. He's addicted. Well, watch this. 80% of parents sleep with their phone. 80% of parents sleep with their phone. And here's the truth. You need help and you need counseling because you're addicted to your phone. (laughs) All of us are. And I find that it's the topic that we're not talking about in church a lot of times. And I've addressed it a few different times, but I, I believe it is the fundamental reason that many of us don't find rest in Christ. Because we're so distracted. We're, we're, we're so distracted. Every, like there's, people don't, I don't hear many people anymore say, I'm just bored, I have nothing to do. You don't really, I mean, I remember we used to drive my mom crazy when we were kids growing up. Like I still, I'm old enough, I may be a millennial, but I'm old enough to remember, remember dial-up internet. Anybody like dial-up internet? Dial-up internet. I'm old enough to remember that, but my kids will never know that. Ever. It's like, I mean, you come out of the womb now and you're like, here's an iPad. <laughs> and they like literally know how to operate it. I mean, my son Isaac can work circles around anybody on an iPad. He knows how to operate that thing. Technology is creeping in. And listen, not all of it is bad, okay? There, there are many great things about technology. But I'm going to just go out on a limb here today, and this is not based on recent, this is just my own opinion. I really genuinely believe, because I've observed it in my own life, the reason that, the, that many of us do not have deeper relationships with Jesus is because we're addicted to technology. We're addicted to it. So rather than having space and time in our lives to spend with Jesus, to carve out time to be with Jesus, we would rather just sit in front of a screen. We'd rather stare at a screen because it's just convenient. It's easy. It numbs. So here's what happens for so many of us. Because we're so addicted to technology, we have the inability to shut down. Anybody ever just lay your head at the pillow at night and you're like, I cannot fall asleep because it's just constant. And so maybe you read your phone hoping that, you know, um, you know, you can fall asleep reading something or looking at Facebook or, or whatever it is. And it seems like you get more and more tired, but you're not actually getting any rest because now we have the inability to shut down. And here's the default for most human beings. When life isn't going well, when tragedy strikes, when things happen, when the year starts off on a bad foot, rather than us dealing with the actual issues, we resort to technology just to numb our life. Resort to Facebook just to drown out so we don't have to think about the deeper parts and moments of life. And the result is our minds never shut down. It's the reason that many of us cannot sleep at night. It's the reason that many of us are just constantly on edge. We're overwhelmed, we have anxiety, and we don't know why. 
We're short with our children and we don't know why. Spiritually, we feel exhausted and we don't know why. We're longing for something more and yet we keep going back to the very device that leaves us empty. And we're, we're longing for deeper relationships. I think we walk into church and you hear this idea of community and you're like, I want that. The only reason, I think, and a lot of, a lot of reasons that, it's, that we're holding ourselves back from that is because we're addicted to something. Everybody agrees that our bodies need rest, but today I would argue that our soul also needs rest. And I talked a little bit about this this past week, and, I, and here's how you can kind of diagnose you're restless. You ever, like, have a moment, and you're like, okay, I can I have some time to sleep in. And so you sleep in, you take a day where you carve it out, and you sleep in, and, you know, you just kind of relax that day, hopefully trying to refresh yourself. And then you wake up the next morning and, and thinking that you'd just be so rested and ready to accomplish the day, and you're more tired that day that you wake up. You're exhausted. And the reason that we feel like that is because our souls are still restless. We're not getting the true rest that we need. We need to be disconnected long enough to find peace and satisfaction, watch this, in the presence of Jesus. See, the only way that you're ever going to be satisfied, the only way that genuine change is ever going to happen in your life is when you can come to a place where you can learn to pause and you can rest in Christ and say, God, here's all my issues. I lay them all at the table. I don't know what to do with them yet, but I know that you do. And we begin to carve out that space and time to be with Jesus. See, the intimacy that you will find in undistracted time alone with Jesus is what your soul is starving for right now. So please hear me today. I love technology. I really do. Ever since I was a little kid, I always just had a knack for it. I was always able to get on a computer and just figure it out. I was always the the IT guy in my family. I've just always had ability to get on a phone and just figure it out pretty quick. So I love technology. There are many great things about it. Even, Even last week when we had to do a quick location change, I mean, many of you got to service because of technology. There's so many benefits of it. But I think that we have to come to the conclusion today that we have to refuse to be mastered by it. Because for many of us, it's dictating and controlling our lives. So if you find yourself constantly connected with a low-grade frustration, hear me. There has to be more, and God has a special rest for you. Do you ever find yourself just like frustrated and you don't know why? Do you ever find yourself just short with your kids and, and you have no idea why? Do you ever find yourself like walking into a room and you look at your husband and you're like, I just want to kick him in the face. <laughs> and you're like, I have no idea why, but it would, it would bring me great joy to put my hands around his neck right now. And, and you have no idea why. Some of you are like, oh, I can list 10 reasons why right now. <laughs> But you ever walk into a situation? Man, I can't tell you how many days I've had. I'll get up and I'm, oh man, I'm in the best mood in the world. I read my Bible. I have a great time with Jesus. I drink some coffee. And then I get out and I get a phone call and it destroys everything. And the rest of the day, I got this low-grade just frustration. Everybody that I bump into, I'm frustrated with. 
Every time I get on the road, I'm just like, get out of my way. And God always seems to put me behind somebody that just does not know how to drive. There's this low-grade frustration. So here's the truth. If you find yourself restless today, restless, longing for change, I want you to hear this scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, 9 through 11. It says, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. So if God rested on the seventh day after creating the world, what makes us think that we don't need rest? Some of you, maybe some of us in here, we're workaholics, we're addicted to work, we're defined by our work. And maybe you get your identity from your work and you say, you know what, God just built me like this. I've got the A-type personality. I can just go, go, go. I work seven days a week. And maybe you've built your identity in that. And here's the truth. You might be able to go at that pace for a little while, but at what expense? Because the truth is, in all of your work and all of your toil, you're sacrificing something. Maybe it's intimacy with your wife. Maybe it's a relationship with your kids. Maybe it's being connected into church and into community. You're sacrificing something. So I want you to hear this. Some of you say, well, I don't need rest. I'm just not wired that way. Yes, you do. And I'll tell you why. God worked for six days and then he rested. Listen, if God said, I'm going to work for six days and I'm going to take a break the seventh, I think that we need the same. And I think a lot of times, like we literally forget that. I mean, if God rested, who is the creator, then the created us, you, me, we need to learn to rest. So why is it that we don't rest? St. Augustine, I quoted it actually last week. It says, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Now, for some of you, this captures exactly where you're at in this moment in time right now. Maybe you're you're restless and you're looking for anything right now in your life to satisfy you. Maybe maybe you're single in here and you're not married and you you would like anybody that gives you attention right now, you're just like, yes. Or maybe you're in a marriage right now and you feel like it's fractured and and you're daydreaming about, would the grass be greener on the other side? And you're looking at that and you're trying to explore all those options. Maybe you're drowning yourself out in, in different things and maybe you're restless and you're longing for a change. But listen, I can promise you this. If you're married, I'll just speak to you quickly. The grass is never greener on the other side. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. I I can't tell you how many people my wife and I have counseled that have gone down the road of just thinking, you know what, maybe maybe they've blown it in their marriage or they've done things that they regret. And here's the truth. I've watched it play out. God's redemption and God restoring things is always better than the other side. Always. 
So I don't know what kind of situation you're in right now and you're going, man, I'm just telling you, if I could just get out of this, it would be so much better. No, it won't. No, it won't. The only thing that's waiting for you on the other side is death, destruction, and your own demise. Because you know why? Here's the truth. Because you're trying to do it on your own. And the truth is, when you're restless, you don't make the best decisions. When your soul is not finding that true, deep joy in Christ, the only decisions that you're making are sheerly emotional. Well, they hurt me and I'm done, so I'm going to hurt them back. It's an emotional decision. See, nothing besides Christ, nothing besides Jesus is going to fill that vacuum-sized hole that you have right now. Our soul is restless until it finds rest in Jesus. So here's the question. Here's the question that we've been looking for this entire sermon series. So what do we do? (laughs) So what do we do? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. We can diagnose all the things. It's obvious to look at, okay, we all have a problem with technology. We're not learning how to rest. So now what do we do? So I want to give you some practical things. Number one, be still. Be still. Let me explain what that means. Learn to be disconnected and still in the presence of God. Have separated times in your day where you just say, okay, I'm going to quiet everything. I'm going to shut everything down just to connect with Jesus. Psalms 46.10 puts it this way, be still and know that I am God. And here's the question, you cannot know that he is God in your circumstances and in your situation if you cannot learn to be still. We cannot learn to stop and pause. In other words, be still and focus on finding rest in Christ. And here's the truth, so many of us have a hard time just being still, stopping, like, we just love to go on the go. We love to get things done. But I think the reason that we have a hard time being still many times because we don't want to deal with the real problems. How many of you have ever been, let me give it to you this way, how many of you have ever been around a young child that just can't sit still? Anybody? We were on a 14, 15-hour van ride, and I'm telling you, For maybe 15 minutes, Peter's feet stopped kicking. Maybe. He just constantly moving his feet, constantly asking questions. I mean, I think Claire probably heard the word mom, mom, mom," at least 100 billion times. Like they just did not know how to be still. Anybody have a kid like that? Like they just don't know how to sit. Any parents in here, you just have a kid that just does not know how to be still. You guys are married to a kid like that? Just doesn't? (laughs) Raise your hand, parents, if you have ever used this phrase. Boy, you better sit down before I make you sit down. (laughs) Anybody? I said that a bunch on vacation. We're driving. I'm like, just shut up before I make you shut up. Right? I didn't really say it that way. Okay. But here's the truth. Sometimes just like we have to look at those kids and say, listen, calm down. Be still for a moment. And usually when we're trying, we're telling them be still is because we're trying to get them to focus on what? Something. We're trying to communicate something to them. We're trying to get them to listen. Calm down. 
so dad can tell you what we're going to do today. Calm down. And, and a lot of times, just like that young child, we have to do that to our souls. All right, stop. Calm down. Be still. God wants to speak to me. And here's the, here's the truth. Some of us are sitting in here and go, well, God, I'm just not that lucky. God doesn't speak to me. Maybe he does, we just can't hear him because we're so busy. Maybe he's speaking to us all the time, but we're so restless, we don't know how to hear his voice. It's not this audible voice, oftentimes, that comes down from heaven. God just wants us to be still for a moment. He'll talk to us. I've put it this way. Every time that I have put effort into reading God's word, God's always spoke to me. And I always have to remind myself, that, like, God, I'm just so frustrated. God, why aren't you speaking to me? And then I realize, oh, it's because I haven't stopped. And it's not because I'm working so much. Sometimes it's just simply because I'm inundated in my phone or technology or whatever it is. Doing meaningless, mindless things. Psalms 31.2 puts it this way. But I have stilled, this is David speaking, I have stilled and quieted my soul. Pause there. Notice he did it and it didn't happen by accident. So many of us have to intentionally steal and quiet our souls. So maybe it's like right when you get home, whatever it is after work, you say, hey, listen, the first 30 minutes or whatever works best for you in your day, this time I'm going to intentionally set aside to focus and still and quiet my soul. See, David didn't wake up one day, get five text messages, three Facebook notifications, and go, okay, God, now I'm still. (laughs) He had to intentionally put it away. He stilled and quieted his soul. He practiced an old art, which is literally just being in solitude for a moment. And many of us don't know how to do that anymore. Many of us don't know how to, even when we, I, I find the most tragic thing is, especially for me, and I'm talking about me personally, when I have the opportunity to be alone, sometimes I squander it because I'm just doing mindless things on my phone. When it's like the perfect opportunity, when God is just going, man, I want to speak to you, I want to talk to you. And yet I'm still going, my mind is still going, I'm pulling out the phone, just doing things that don't really mean anything. I'll be honest with you. Um, well, let me con- continue the verse. In Psalms 31, 2, it says, But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I'll be honest with you. Um, many of you probably have deduced this already. It's, it's very hard for me to sit still. So if you see me on Sunday mornings, I'm like up here, back there, over there, talking to this person, talking to that person, outside. Like, I have a hard time really sitting still. My mom, ever, ever since I was a little kid, I was always the one. Anybody have these kids, like, at the table, they're always, like, tapping their foot? Like, all, like I was that kid, always. I was always spilling my drink over, <laughs> always knocking something over. I just have a hard time sitting still. I like to get up. I like to walk around. Um, I, my wife, every, every time I go on the phone, like, my wife is, like, looking for me because I'm probably, like, a mile down the road, right? Where'd he go? I just have a hard time sitting still. One of the worst things, and we've had five opportunities to do that. We have five kids. I hate hospital rooms. Like I cannot, like every time we have the baby, 
Um, and then you're stuck in this like little cubicle room. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to get out of here. So in, in all the hospitals that we have ever stayed at, I literally knew where every vending machine was. Like every one. My wife is like, where are you going? I, don't, I have no idea, but I'm going to get a bag of chips. Like <laughs> I'm doing something. But the truth is I'm so busy staying busy that I'm missing out on key memories and time with my family. And some of us are so busy staying busy that we're missing out on key moments in life that really matter, and we're missing them. Key moments that God really wants to speak to us. And the truth is I've learned that my body and my mind are addicted to adrenaline. And the truth is for me, at least for men, we achieve adrenaline through work. Like we love the high of accomplishing something, getting something done. Sundays after church for me are always the most exhausting day of the week. And I think it's literally because I come up here on Sunday, I get this kick of adrenaline, I get to preach, I get to talk with people, we get to pray with people, we get to do all these things, and then you go home and it's like you have this crash. And we're addicted to it, so we, we want to we keep having moments like that. We don't like to stop, we don't like to be still, but truthfully... The only way that we're going to change, the only way that we're going to grow is if we learn to practice solitude and silence. I read an extremely good quote this past week, and it says this. Silence is often a momentary revelation of your deepest self, your true self, and yet a self that you do not yet know. <laughs> Think about that. Let me read it again. Silence is often a momentary revelation of your deepest self, your true self, and yet a self that you do not know. The reason that we remain restless, the reason we escape silence and solitude at every opportunity that we can is because when we are silent, when we are quiet, all of a sudden our fears, our insecurities, our failures the person that we really are when nobody's around begin to come to the surface and we have to deal with that person. And in that moment, God really wants to just shower grace upon us and says, I forgive you, I love you, let's deal with these things so that we can move past them. But for most of us, what happens? We're, we're silent for five minutes and we go, uh-uh, whoop. we suppress them. We pull out, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to have to do with that pain today. True soul rest will only be found in undistracted, silent times with Jesus. So number two, the second practical thing. Kind of goes along with the first one. Be still and listen. Listen. Like God, in that moment, in that moment of that 10 minutes, that 20 minutes, that 30 minutes, however long it is. Listen. Like God actually wants to speak something to you. Silence yourself and listen. Listen. If this is a problem for you, then listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs 13, 16. A wise man thinks ahead, but a fool doesn't and even brags about it. (laughs) So it's saying, hey, come up with a plan of attack. If you refuse to do this, then Proverbs, the Bible, calls you a fool. That's not my words. That's Scripture. Saying, listen, if you don't carve out certain times in your life to be still and to listen to God, you're foolish. 
And the reason that we don't have the intimacy that we want, the change that we want in our lives, is because we're not making a plan of attack. And here's the truth. I kind of deduced it all into this one sentence. Many of us are trading a vibrant, intimate relationship with Jesus for a funny cat video on YouTube. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. We're trading a vibrant, intimate relationship with Jesus for mindless scrolling on Facebook. We're trading a vibrant, intimate community, relationships with other people to get to level 29 on Candy Crush. (laughs) Whatever it is. It doesn't benefit our life in any kind of way. We're trading genuine intimacy with others and Jesus for technology. And the truth is, if we're addicted to our smartphones, if we're addicted to Facebook, this will eventually affect your marriage. It will affect you raising your kids. It will distract your relationship with Jesus. You have to make a plan of attack. You have to. And I'll be honest with you, this is oftentimes where I fail. I'll be honest with you, I'm very, very good at realizing the problem. I'm like, yeah, that's a problem, and then I just walk away. (laughs) That's an issue. I need to do something about that in two years, (laughs) right? And here's the problem. The longer and longer and longer you let it go, the harder and harder and harder it is going to be to overcome. The power of Christ within us is greater than any addiction in us. And that's what we have to understand this morning. You need a defensive plan and an offensive plan. Every good team has a defensive plan and offensive strategy. So let me give you a defensive plan for your phone real quick. Number one, maybe make some rules in your home. Okay, no phone at the table when we eat dinner. Or maybe give yourself a time limit. All right, I'm going to at 8.30 or whatever, I'm going to get on Facebook for 30 minutes. I'm going to check all my notifications and then I'm going to put the phone away and I'm not going to check it again. Maybe for some of us, it's simply as deleting the app. And you have to actually do it the old-fashioned way. You've got to go into Safari and type in www.facebook.com. <laughs> Make it a little bit harder for yourself. Use the Do Not Disturb feature on your phone. I love that feature. Use the Do Not Disturb feature. Disable social media notifications. Because if you're like me and you see that red bubble, you're like, oh, I've got to check it. <laughs> Like, disable it so you get no more red bubbles. Here's a new thought. Leave your phone in another room when you go to bed. And some of you are like, but I use it as my alarm. Buy an alarm clock. They're like $6 at Walmart. And they're a lot more annoying when they go off. But here's the truth. Some of us need to take a long break from our phones. Here's the truth. I've, I've listened to quite a few things as of lately on um, Generation Z, which I don't know if you guys know this, but anybody from 1986 to, I think, a 2016, no, uh, to, uh, I think, 2007 is the generation that we call millennials, okay? So a lot of our, I would fall into that generation now. I think it's uh, 2008 on. They're calling Generation Z. And a lot of uh, psychologists are actually predicting um, that Generation Z will be a generation that actually is going to say, you know what, 
we saw our parents so addicted to phones and so addicted to technology and, and they never had times for relationships. They never had communication with me. So they feel like they're also going to, they're going to like do this kind of return around, like we're going to break away from that. Imagine it for a moment. Like your kids were never able to have intimate relationship and conversation or you were always agitated with them. Why? Because you wanted to finish a text message. Are you wanting to finish typing up a Facebook post or watching a video or or whatever it may be? Some of us need a long break away from those things because the truth is we are addicted. And the only way that we break addiction is by starving ourselves of it. And it'll be difficult for a little while. You know, you'll go by two days and you're like, I need to check it. I need to check it. Right? Right? It's so fun. like I, we laugh about it, but it's so true. I've done the whole social media fast, and I'm like on day four, and I'm like, oh my man, I need, I need to check it. I'm like, what is wrong with me, right? But here's the truth. In that time when you're fasting that phone, let the word of God feed you, build you, and renew your soul. So here's your offensive plan. Maybe some of you are like, okay, I can't, I can't like take a month break from my phone because I've, I've got to be able to get in touch with work or whatever it is. So maybe you go in and you delete every social media app that you have. And so maybe the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning, instead of grabbing it and, you know, checking Facebook, maybe you download a Bible app and you open that. Let the word of God feed you, build you, and renew your soul. Use your phone to listen to worship music. Use your phone to listen to podcasts or sermons or whatever it may be. Use the technology to your benefit. Use technology to pursue Jesus. Jeremiah 6.16 says this, Stand by the roads and look. Let me pause there. Stand by the roads and look. Some of us are at these, this crossroad of life right now. Or go, man, I, I really need to pursue Jesus. Some of us are at this crossroad right now in our life where we're just saying, you know what, if something doesn't change in my life, I'm, I'm just not going to do so well. I feel I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I feel like I'm just going to shut down, whatever it may be. Some of us are standing at that road, and we've got to make a decision to do something. The verse continues, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths. So what are some of the ancient paths? What are some of the ancient disciplines? This is something that technology will never be able to give you. Some of the ancient disciplines were fasting, prayer, solitude, and seeking the goodness of God. And so finishing the verse in Jeremiah, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. See, when you walk in God's good ways, you will find rest for your souls. 